Due to the graphic nature of this program, viewer discretion is advised. Hello, procrastinators. Oh, God, I sound like a pirate hobo. I'm a blacker who was right about Nerdcube then. Anyway, welcome back to the Digital Formula Podcast. Uh, let's uh, just uh, go ahead and jump right in. Uh, got a whole bunch of news this week, actually, which is uh, convenient, because uh, I was originally going to record this uh, Wednesday day, and it's now Thursday night. And uh, there's actually been a lot of news in the last uh, 24 hours, so I actually got something to talk about now. Uh, So we'll uh, go ahead and dive right in. Uh, We'll start with Mercedes. So Andy Cowell, uh, the managing director of Mercedes-AMG high-performance powertrains, uh, has announced he's going to be leaving Mercedes at the end of this month. Uh, Cowell was quoted in saying, After 16 enjoyable years working for HPP, I have decided that now is the right time to move on from my role and seek a new engineering business challenge. I've appreciated the opportunity to work with Marcus and Toto in defining the future leadership structure of the company, and I have every confidence in the ability of Highwell and the team to lead the company forward. Uh, Toto Wolf stated that uh, Andy's leadership of the team at HPP has been a key factor in our championship success in recent seasons. Um, He also stated that he has made an outstanding contribution to our motorsport legacy, and I have valued and enjoyed working our relationship since uh, 2013. I'm sure he will enjoy great success in the next challenge he decides to take on. Uh, Cowell uh, was stated that uh, he will continue to work alongside... Uh, Thomas to support the transition and will consult on a major future project until at least early 2021. No word exactly what that uh, project was. Uh, But it sounds like the departure uh, is uh, very friendly, uh, very few hurt feelings, true best interests involved for all parties. Uh, So it's nice to hear a uh, friendly departure from a team in Formula One. Uh, And the best of luck to Andy. Uh, let's see, in other news, George Russell uh, has won the Canadian Virtual GP, uh, which, if you're keeping math, technically it makes him the championship winner, if there was really a championship, but it wasn't really a solid driver lineup. Um, Leclerc didn't even race this week. Um, but anyway, the Virtual GP series is now complete. Virtual Pro, uh, I believe, will return in December. Uh, in my eyes, this speaks volumes about Russell. Uh, I mean, he really only picked the game up uh, maybe a month, month and a half ago, and he's already running better than some of the best esports drivers. And I know you might be thinking, yeah, but he's a real race car driver. Well, the thing is, it's still kind of different. Um, you know, the track conditions don't change near as much as in real life. Temperature and rain kind of affect it, but, you know, there's no rubbering in or out of the track, there's no winds on the track, uh, and, you know, a lot of the changes aren't really presented well in the simulation that you get in the real world. Uh, and you also lose some of that feeling that you would have in a real race car, you know, even with a force feedback wheel. 
Uh, you can't feel all the forces on an actual car. It's very similar to a flight simulator. Uh, you know, you can sit there and practice. It's great for the instrument approaches and whatnot, but you can't feel all the forces of the plane. You can't fly by the seat of your pants. In a, you know, nobody speaks about brave men and their proud simulators, um, to quote down Periscope. Um, Charles Leclerc actually mentioned that it, it does take some time and practice for an F1 driver to get the feel of the game and, uh, you know, the transition. Uh, personally, I think that makes Russell's feet more impressive. Uh, he pretty much jumped in mid-season uh, of the virtual season here and was incredibly dominant by the end. Uh, I don't know how many, if any, real-world racing teams were watching, Um but his performance certainly has my attention, and it probably should have theirs too. Um, moving on, uh, McLaren, uh, right on the heels of Williams, is considering a partial sale of the team. Uh, McLaren did state they didn't want to uh, speak in regards of... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, rumors? Um However, Formula One apparently confirmed uh, that the uh, McLaren team is looking and evaluating a potential Williams-esque move uh, as part of their revival strategy. And so they're going to look at, uh, apparently they're uh, look in the very early exploratory stages of selling a minority share in the team. Um, so it wouldn't be the... Yeah, so it would be, like, you know, less than 50% share of the uh, team. Uh, curious to see how that plays out. There's very little information on that right now. That was pretty much breaking as of uh, when I was putting this episode together. So uh, we'll have to keep our eyes open on that. Uh, in other news, in Haas news, uh, something I'm actually kind of surprised about. Uh, Gunther Steiner is confident that Gene Haas will keep the team in F1. Um, why? Uh, he did go into that, but I'm, I'm curious as to why. Uh, apparently a lot of this has to do with the new budget caps. Um, Gene feels that this will level the playing field, according to Steiner, uh, which is sort of the idea and something that I know that Gene Haas has been, uh, pushing for since the team's uh, entry into Formula One in 2016. Uh, he feels it will be more attractive from a business perspective uh, for the team. Uh, apparently, uh, another part of this also has to do with the new commercial agreement between the teams and Formula One. Uh, I believe it's up at the end of this year. Uh, it will potentially make for more even distribution of prize funds, especially with the new cost cap theoretically tightening the grid up, making things more competitive. Um, one of the other things he stated but would not get into really was that the car is apparently looking very promising for this year. I don't know if he's, you know, if what they've been up to, if they've started doing testing. A lot of teams uh, started their testing yesterday, today, uh, to kind of come back from coronavirus as we're only a couple weeks back from racing. Um, so I'm not really sure, you know, if he has anything as far as the car or the drivers are concerned. Uh, Steiner feels pretty confident, though. Uh, he also reports that his main objective uh, is to help make the team break even financially. He's, uh, Steiner says if he can do this, it will make the decision that much easier for Gene to stay. Uh, obviously, if Gene's not losing money, it's 
generally significantly easier. I know if I'm sitting there losing money on a project, I'm not going to want to keep doing it. Whereas if I'm breaking even, yeah, all right, let's keep going. Um, so yeah, so uh, all right, we'll move into uh, some tech news. Uh, Mercedes is to release a Formula One style MGUH into their road cars. Uh, so for a review, for those of you who may not know what an MGUH is, is stands for Motor Generator Unit Heat. Uh, essentially what it does is uh, it stores energy from the turbocharger, specifically the hot exhaust gases. It uh, has a little turbine on there. Uh, and it's used to create electricity. There's a, a small electric motor in between the exhaust side of the turbine wheel um, and the uh, compressor wheel on the fresh air side. And the electric motor can be used to drive the compressor wheel before the um, turbo on the exhaust gas side spools up. Uh, and, you know, it sort of pre-charges it. And it, what this does is it helps eliminate turbo lag, uh, allows the engine to get more immediate power, uh, as well as it apparently increases low engine speed torque. Uh, I did not know that. That's new for me. Um, specifically, this tech will go into Merce, uh, Mercedes' uh, AMG road cars. Uh, no word yet as to when you can buy your first AMG Merc with MGUH or what the cost of it will be. However, um, I'm going to guess that it is far too expensive for my blood. Um, but something to keep an eye on. See what kind of tech from Formula One makes it onto the road. Uh... Let's just take a look at some of the uh, upcoming races. Uh, first race is going to be July 5th. Uh, it will be the Rolex Australian, or I'm sorry, the Rolex Austrian GP. Um, and just uh, this week, Pirelli uh, announced that uh, the compounds uh, for the first eight races. Uh, so for a quick review... There's five different compounds, C1 through C5. C1 is the hardest compound, C5 is the softest. Uh, and there's some interesting things here. So for the uh, both runs, the Rolex GP and the Pirelli GP, both in Austria, they will be running the C2, C3, and C4 compounds as the soft, medium, or hard, medium, and soft compounds. Uh, the Hungarian GP will be C2, C3, C4. The British GP at Silverstone will be C1, C2, and C3. So those are the hardest three compounds. However, for the Emirates F170th Anniversary GP, uh, which will also be in Silverstone, they will be running the C2, C3, and C4 compounds. So they're actually going to switch from the hardest three compounds to the three middle-of-the-road ones, uh, thereby probably creating a little bit of a change as far as uh, what you're going to see. Uh, in terms of strategy, should keep things, you know, it'll be the same track, but, you know, different strategies might help uh, spice things up a little bit. Uh, the Spanish GP is going to be the C1, C2, and C3 compounds, which I believe is standard affair for Spain. Uh, the Belgian GP will be C2, C3, and C4, and the Italian GP will also be C2, C3, and C4, which uh, should be uh, Labor Day. Uh, there's a handful of other races that have been canceled. I believe the Japanese GP was canceled. Uh, I think I may have covered that in the last episode. Um, you know, the, everything else is still kind of pending. Everything's kind of up in the air. Um, 
But uh, as far as what we can expect for the races that are going to happen, uh, there are going to be some rather significant changes. Apparently the grid before the start of the race, which is normally, if you ever, you know, I'm, you're listening to this, I'm assuming you're, you've watched F1 before. <laughs> Otherwise, what are you doing here? Uh, it, it, you know, the grid at the beginning of the race, you know, is normally packed with press, team members, distinguished guests... It's going to be very limited now, apparently, uh, to keep with the COVID restrictions. It's going to be limited to minimum staffing needed to get the cars ready uh, in an effort to maintain social distancing. Uh, The podium ceremonies haven't been finalized yet. Uh, According to F1, there's a few options possible. Uh, The one that's in the forefront right now is to line the cars up on the grid in the order that they finished and have the drivers get out and stand in front of their respective cars. Uh, the FIA also states that they can't hand out trophies without close contact, but they have something worked out, though they wouldn't say what that was. Uh, they also reported that the national anthem will be altered, but they didn't. again, they didn't state how. Uh, the one thing they would give a little bit of insight on was the FIA Future Stars, uh, which is the kids that come out with the drivers. You know, it kind of gives them a day to explore, you know, a career in Formula One, I guess. Uh, it's sort of like with the um, the soccer league, where they yeah you know, the players have a kid that come out with them, I guess from a soccer team or whatever. Uh, so the future stars will be involved virtually instead of in person. Uh, it sounds like they're going to send a video uh, that they pre-record to the FIA that can then be played on the race day. Uh, the drivers' parade at the, you know, the beginning of the race will obviously not happen. Uh, you know, instead of cramming a bunch of drivers into the back of a truck and having them all together. Uh, They'll all be interviewed separately. Um, And then again, it'll be sort of like the future stars. They'll be uh, interviewed separately and I guess play the video or whatever before the race. Uh, The FIA also announced that they expect these changes uh, to be the norm uh, for at least the rest of this season. Uh, They would not state whether or not it's going to continue on into next season. I don't think we're really going to know until we get to next season. Um, So for a little bit of a segment today, I'm going to dive a little further into F1 2020. There was a big trailer release uh, this week, specifically touching on a lot of the points of the My Team mode, uh, which is where you can make the 11th team, the 21st and 22nd cars on the grid. Uh, It was announced you can choose your engine manufacturer from Mercedes, Ferrari, Renault, and Honda. Uh, You can choose your car's livery. Those were pretty much known. Uh, It was announced that you can now design your racing suits, um, which will be a nice touch, I think. Uh, It was also announced one of the things I was hugely concerned about. um, You can sign sponsors. Um, I'm assuming this comes with certain minimum requirements or achievements that must be either met before picking them or during the season you have to meet minimum requirements. Um, and you will get sponsorship money from these sponsors, uh, which will go into your fund uh, to pick your other drivers, to build up the team. And I'll get into that here as we go on. Uh, you can obviously pick your teammate. Uh, it appears that currently um, you can pick from the 2019 F2 grid, and eventually as you work up, uh, you'll be able to sort of pull drivers from the current F1 grid. Uh You'll have to train your teammate, decide 
where they're you know where you kind of put effort into their training to make them better drivers. Uh, they also announced how teammates are going to be rated. Uh, it's going to be from one to ninety nine, with one being absolutely dreadful and ninety nine being almost perfect. Uh, this is going to be based on four categories, which are experience, racecraft, awareness, and pace. Um, one of the things they mentioned is obviously the better your teammate is, the more they'll cost. Uh, they actually came out with some of the uh, pricing for some of the current F1 drivers. It's actually, in some for some drivers, it's more than their actual real-world contracts. For others, it's significantly less, but it gives you a basic idea. Um, and, you know, so you'll have the cost of the driver's contract for the season plus you know, if you're buying somebody off another team, the buyout for that contract. And I'm assuming there will be a point where, you know, when their contract is up, you don't have to buy it out. You could theoretically, um, you know, pull them as a, quote, free agent and see where things go from there. Uh, they did say you'll have to pick where you put your money, either into building facilities, the car training of the drivers, etc. Um yeah, it, it's not going to be just the um, resource points like in the previous games. You're going to have actual money on top. It looks like on top of the resource points. Uh, so it should be interesting to add another management aspect. And I was concerned they were just going to do resource points. Uh, so it's kind of nice to see that they're uh, going to be uh, you know, adding that to sort of keep the realism up a little bit. Uh, other updates. Uh, physics simulations have been tuned. Uh, there's going to be uh, more realistic tire pressure simulated. Uh, they also finally added the overtake mode. You hear this occasionally on team radios from races. Essentially what it is, it's uh, an extra burst of energy from the ERS that you can use to overtake another car. Um, it, you have to kind of manage it carefully, and that's one of the points they mentioned in the previews, is you know, you're going to have to think about when's the right time to use this. You know, not drain your ERS reserves. Uh, overall, it appears it's going to be a significant step towards something um, like the NBA 2K's My Team mode, which in my eyes currently is the pinnacle of like a team-building mode. Uh, and it looks like there's going to... I'm not sure what kind of other smaller things are going to add, but it looks like it's still going to be very accessible for you know newer more just game style folks but it's going to be also a little more towards the simulator mode for the people who are interested in an actual racing formula one uh simulator um so that pretty much uh covers it um for this week uh gonna be off for the next two weeks definitely known new episodes. I was supposed to go out of town, um, but apocalypse, so now I'm working, unfortunately. Uh, just a quick update. Uh, still working on CastBox and Apple, but we're now available on Overcast, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, you know, give us a like if you can. Uh, you, know, you can find us on Facebook, Digital Formula Podcast. Um, you know, just give us the Google search. Uh, still not on Twitter yet. I still have no idea how Instagram works. Still no nudes on Snapchat or whatever that is. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, see you after round one of Austria. Take care, be safe. We'll see you next time.
be good, be safe, make poor choices. I uh, probably shouldn't say that. Last time I said that to one of my crews. <laughs> when I grow up, I want to be a paramedic. I'm sorry, you can't do both. <laughs>